Welcome to Ballistic Radio. Join us as we explore the subtlety and nuance inside the world of personal protection. Listen as industry experts, thought leaders, and pioneers investigate why it depends is the answer of champions. Ballistic Radio, critical thought over empty rhetoric. Ballistic Radio is brought to you by Big Tech's Ordinance. Big Tech's Ordinance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at BigTechsOrdinance.com. And now, here's your host, John Johnston. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tech's Ordinance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at BigTechsOrdinance.com. I'm your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com and get the latest behind-the-scenes info, arguments, photos, videos, uh, whatever else I feel like putting on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. I am super excited to welcome back to the show. Um, he was he was on way back in the very first season when we were still syndicated terrestrial radio. Uh, Mr. Jared Reston. Hey, Jared, how's it going? Doing good. How are you, bro? Oh, I can't complain, man. Um, for those that don't know, who are you and what do you do? Uh, uh, my name is Jared Reston. Uh, been a now retired twenty year policeman out of um, North Florida. I did 20 years uh, for Jacksonville and 17 years on their SWAT team. Um, been their lead firearms instructor since 2008. Um, have my own company called Wrestling Group Training. I've uh, been doing training and consulting in the firearms industry for about the past 11 years or so. Nice, man. Um, so you actually, funny enough, you hold a weird ballistic radio uh, distinction. And that is... You were the last show that we did where we actually took uh, live callers. And that was way back in December of 2013, um, which, man, where did the last uh, nine, <laughs> year, nine years go? Um, yeah, no doubt. But I remember we had a guy call in uh, and just said maybe the dumbest thing I had ever heard anyone say. Uh, given who they were talking to. And I'm like, you know what? I'm never doing this again. This is never <laughs> going to be a thing ever yeah. again. So um, what I kind of wanted to talk about, we were, um, I assume, both cruising Facebook at one point, one of our mutual friends posted something and you commented on it and I commented on it. And uh, Chuck, Chuck Pressburg actually said something that was really funny in the context of everything. And it was essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, but it was essentially, you know, Jared's over here talking chess and everyone else here is talking checkers or whatever. And it's essentially, it was the nuance is going to get lost in the mix. And I don't, I don't know if you, I, I guess my first question is the, the thing that the Facebook post was about, it was about a specific thing, but essentially what it boiled down to is as an instructor, when you make the decision to maybe not give someone the perfect answer, but give them the answer that is going to net the most positive gain right now. I, I kind of felt like that's what it boiled down to, or at least that's what I was, you know, taking it to mean. And, and I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit or, or provide more context. It's entirely up to you. Um, I think the post was it was somewhat like new shooters, but there's even experienced shooters that still do it. And it was, 
should you move your sites to compensate for a mistake that they that they're doing mm-hmm. and if you do that same mistake consistently even w- without thought to me then is consistency is the part of precision then i can just move your sites to make you accurate if that makes sense right but, i mean you, there ha- you have to be at a certain level i wouldn't just you know if you're smashing you know low left low left low left and you you can't even get a group you just have like a tr- a track there then no we can't move sites but once you start putting a group in and a lot of times like with right-handed shooters it's just a group just left of yeah. the uh, like i mean and they just have just a little bit of flinch and just a little bit of something but they do it consistently that they have a group let's just say you're using a 25 yard shooting at 25 yards. You're using a a B eight target, a bullseye target. And their group is the size of the black, but just to the left or right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And bump your rear sights. If you have an RDS change your zero a little bit, you know? And then once you fix that, let's just say you were shooting left. Now I bumped your sights. Now you're hitting the bullseye. And then like we keep working, keep working, keep working, keep working. This could take a year. You know what I mean? But you mm-hmm. know what you kind of do, and then your group's sitting there on the right now. So guess what you do? You bump your sights back, just like you do with your rifle. Like no one just sets their, like, gets their rifle out, zeros at one time, be like, "Well, I'm done." <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, zeros are a constant, constant evolving, changing thing. Well, and you know, so I certainly don't have the um, experience teaching shooters that you do. And I, I don't want to claim that I do. Um, I have been teaching for a little while now, and I have seen a lot of different shooters and, and coached a lot of different shooters. And the thing that I have noticed sort of to your point is, you know, when, especially when you get into what most people would consider intermediate or advanced shooters, shooters that are really solid shooters, I haven't seen one of them that's not doing something that I would go, well, in a perfect world, that's not necessarily what I would want them to do, but it's, they're seeing a lot of success with that. And, and doing that math of where do you expend the energy um, is, is kind of, there's a lot of nuance to that, isn't there? There's tons of it. I mean, and that's the, your way might not be the way it's a way, you know what I mean? They're finding out what's working for them. And all I like say, like in my courses is, Hey man, like give it a good college try. If you don't like it, throw it away. But if you see the benefit of it, you're not really going to, it's cause it's going to feel weird cause it's new or whatever. But if you see it when it works and it benefits, then you like, then just work on training and getting rid of it. If you like it, you know what I mean? Right. That's the thing is you don't also, they don't want to be stuck somewhere. Cause that's what they've always done kind of deal. I mean, but, what, the, but most people who are in classes and paying that money and taking the time, they're there to learn and they're there to get better. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, and this is, and I don't know the answer to this, but I kind of like to talk about it a little bit. There's plenty of very high level shooters that do things that if I saw a new shooter doing it, I would say, well, we don't want to do that. And I can think, <laughs> I, I can think of two examples off the top of my head. Um, you know, Robert Vogel, who 
I'm not going to throw any shade at at all. Um, the, the pressure that he puts with his non-dominant hand to the point where it can'ts the gun off of the vertical axis. If he wasn't Robert Vogel, I would look at that and go, well, that's not ideal. And I could explain why, but I'm to be clear to everyone. I'm not saying Robert Vogel doing that is wrong. I'm just pointing out that at a certain point, does it really matter what someone's doing if the bullets go where they want them to pretty, pretty darn quick? Right. I mean, <clears throat> Robert Vogel, I mean, he's a freak. He's, I mean, world champion. Sure. Great guy. Just, and just, I mean, who am I to sit here and tell him that he's wrong? Cause it works yeah. for him. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I but, think you see what I'm, what I'm asking. Yeah. Though, right? I, and you look at like Rob Latham, you know, he squeezes the hell out of the gun. He, I mean, he's one of the greatest shooters in the world. You know what I mean? But some of these guys can do freaky stuff that an average human being might not be able to do. And I'm just, I'm not saying like, like superpowers, but I'm just saying like athletically, like I talk about these things, like I can't have Deion Sanders come in and teach me how to run a four, two Cause I'm never going to run a four, two You know what I mean? Right. So right. I call it like teaching Superman tactics. Like no, not, not everybody can do this. So I'm not going to sit there and take you to the top of a building and be like, all right, now jump really high. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to fall. So, but you, you see what works for the majority of people. And then they can go into what I call like black belt tactics, like something that, that you're going to figure out that works for you based off of those principles. Mm-hmm. And because I mean, think about like in, you know, jujitsu or whatever, you don't really learn anything from Brown to black. You learn like it's all like no one teaches you anything. It's all personal experience and teach. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. But these are things like in CQB and all these things, like some people will try to teach black belt tactics to a white belt. Like, Hey bro, like that, that person figure out the basics first and then this stuff will come. Right. You can't get into, you can't start teaching black belt tactics. That's my personal opinion. Well, I think the thing that that people miss out on is that to really get good at anything, you have to make it your own. And what I mean by that is, you know, you need to see a lot of different looks at a lot of different stuff, spend a lot of time thinking about it. And then actually understand it as a concept and then apply it to whatever your reality is. And, and again, this isn't a conversation that I would try and have via text over Facebook because invariably what would end up happening is someone say, well, it works for me is dumb. And that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if you look at a master at anything, you know, they're doing a lot of different stuff and I guarantee, well, I am relatively certain that they didn't get there by being 100% dogmatic to someone else's approach. You're exactly right. And that's where you, you, you'll find it. That's, that's a black belt tactic. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to, and they really, and they'll have their own little reason to why they do it. Maybe they, they got injured or, you know what I mean? Their hand, like, and that's just whatever it is. Like, in the shooting world, we just try to teach, and pretty much every good instructor that I've been around, we teach the same things. Mm-hmm. We might say it a little different. We might have little nuances or whatever to change things up, but it's all, it's all pretty much the same. So that's at least, you know, like if you go to an instructor 
and you've been to the same and he's teaching the same stuff. You're like, all right, at least he's teaching the right stuff and I've learned the right stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, but then it's up to you to, to tweak it just a little bit that it works for you. As long as you're working within those parameters, like that's all we're giving you as a base. Mm -hmm. Like you'll never see anybody who, like you'll talk about Bob Vogel's grip, right? He's not changing the way he stands and the way he does this. He just grips a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and and- that's it's with, but it's within the parameters. He and he's doing it for the reason, and he can articulate why he does it. Well, right? not only yeah, and not only that, and we got to go to break after this, and then we'll just dive right back into this. But not only that, but you know, I I really love that you're talking about like parameters, and and frankly. I, I think that there's base and then there's end result and there's a bunch of different roads to go from the beginning to the end. And when people get really hung up on like, no, there's only one road. And it's like, no, bro, this is, this is a lot of different paths um, to achieve, you know, the results that we're looking for. Um, and, and hold that thought because I, I want to hear what you have to say to that, but we've got to go to break right now. We're talking with Jared Reston. You're listening to ballistic radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tex Ordnance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at BigTexOrdnance.com. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat, makers of the finest custom 1911s and scatterguns since 1977. Legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories, as well as the X9 series of firearms, which offers discriminating shooters 1911 match grade accuracy, superior ergonomics, and concealability with modern service pistol capacity, as well as reliability at wilsoncombat.com. So we're talking with Jared Reston, and um, you had brought up, you know, base and parameters, and I had I'd sort of said that, you know, we've got the end result. We've got the base, but there's a bunch of different paths to take there. And I, then I had to interrupt you because I suck. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, I wanted to, I wanted to see if you had uh, a response or something that you wanted to, somewhere you wanted to go off of that. Look, you're exactly right. There's all kind of different ways to get to the same location, that same point, right? You can take highways, you can take freeways, you can take long country dirt roads, or you can take a freaking trip through the woods where you're hacking it but you'll probably end up there it's just how fast you get there right right that's the best part of getting instruction early in your career and by a good solid instruction because like my deal is i want to make shooters better sooner Mm -hmm. i don't want them to have to take like a long path to get there i want them earlier in their career being good shooters because you never know when when you're when your shooting is going to take place you know, well, like you don't, you might not have time for all this stuff. Stop going to garbage shooting, like get, get online, research where you need to go and like, and find good shooting and then get there sooner. Get on that freeway. Don't sit there and hack through a bunch of bull crap training. When, and you actually brought a, an interesting point up um, in that thread and it was essentially, you know, <sighs> if I see a shooter with a problem that, and 
and I'm saying I, but you know, it's the, the Royal, like if any of us sees like a shooter with a problem and it's like, all right, you don't ever know how much effort they're willing to put in and you don't know how long it's going to take them to get the concept. And where do you make the decision to go? All right, this is an ideal, but this is a bandaid for right now. We're going to keep working on this, but for right now, this is going to get you a little bit better than you were. Um, and you know, you had, you had shared that like, you actually had one of the shootings that you were involved in occur right after a training day. Um, and and in the middle of of a training day, actually we were going to lunch. Well, okay. Then, (laughs) um, do you want to, do you want to talk about that concept? And if you want to share what happened with you, you can, if not, that's fine too. I don't know how germane it is or isn't. Um, I mean, the shooting is pretty easy. It was, I mean, it was a suicide by cop, but it was an easy shooting, but it was just, a, you know, we were, leaving the range, you know, training day, going to lunch, dude tried to kill his wife in front of us and he went for his gun in front of me and got burned down. But with that, that's the deal. Like when they leave the range, they know like training class is like a two day training class, even a five day training class, five days, you're going to, you're going to leave a better shooter. Two days. You're going to, you're going to have little, um, you're going to know how to be a better shooter. Mm -hmm. And then it takes training to get there. But if I could bump your sights a little bit, so in that meantime that you are involved in a shooting, I'm, because I'm normally dealing with, with police or somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. That I want you to be better right now mm-hmm. because you don't know when your shooting is going to be. So don't fall into, well, I got to train that out of me. Yes, you do have to train that out of you, but we can fix it right now. Right. Like, or not fix it, but we can, like you said, put a Band-Aid on it. You're better than you were when you left, when you got here today, you're better today. Right. Well, and I think something too, that, and and this is something that I, I don't know that I struggle with it so much, but I find myself having to do it a lot. And, you know, I primarily teach two different classes. One of the classes that I teach shooting nerds show up to. It is like, I, I get newer people at it occasionally, but for the most part, um, you know, I'm not a cool guy instructor. So if people make their way to this specific class, it's because like <laughs> they, they looked real hard for it. You know what I mean? And it yeah. is, it is two days of shooting nerdery, like stuff that, you know, does it actually matter or not? I don't know. I think it's interesting. So we, we talk about it, but the people that show up to that are for the most part, really good shooters already. Um, and we're just deep diving into the weeds, right? The other class that I primarily teach though, I get, um, a range of students that show up and I have literally had, you know, USPSA GMs standing next to someone on the line who bought their gun the week of the class. Right. Yeah. And the thing that I encounter in that class is sort of like what you were talking about, where I've got this person where I, I need to decide what am I going to spend time on right now and what will make this easier for them so that one, if they need the gun, you know, during lunch or tomorrow when I'm not standing next to whenever it is, like they're at least better than they are. And two, 
and this kind of gets into the psychology, it's a little different if you've got really dedicated people showing up, but you know, for newer people, especially if you give them something to work on right away, that is frankly demoralizing to try and fix. It's not that I'm not going to give it to them to work on, but like, you got to give people wins early on to get them to even do the work kind of right. Well, yeah, you got to get them excited about shooting. Yeah. Yeah. If if they're not somebody like, I mean, that's the whole, who wants to, you can see that like in the police world, like if you just make fun of people for when they first start shooting in the Academy, they're going to hate. Once you get a bad taste for it, that's the person who only goes to the range to, to qualify and squeak by, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 shooting guns to me is fun. Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's a hobby of mine. It was, it was something like I it's, it's golf to me. It's very, you know, people can pull a trigger. That's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like getting really good at it, there's little nuances that you have to get and get coaching and do things. So you put a bad taste in their mouth and they hate that sport, then they're never going to do it. So what, what did you really do then? Did you, did you make them a better shooter? Did you, did you make them a better American? No. Like, you know what I mean? Like just cause they own a gun doesn't mean that you're dangerous or you could be dangerous doesn't make you deadly well and i'll tell you what really sort of highlighted that for me again um it had been a long time since i had been through any sort of mandated training class and a couple of years ago um i i picked up a a contract security side gig right and the thing about ohio is it doesn't matter if you're you know guarding a facility that's got like $50 million worth of whatever the hell in it, or you're going to be a, you know, an armed walking uh, smoke detector, right? You go to the same class. So I had to go to this, this state mandated class and the instructor there, um, he, I guess he knew, and I hate to knew who I was because I'm not anybody, but like he knew who I was. So he, he was just like, Hey, you're here to check a box. I get it. I'm going to leave you alone. I'm like, well, that's, I'm not asking for that, but you know, it's your class or so whatever. But he had a, a security guard there that hadn't had any firearms experience, period. Um, and, you know, kind of knew what end the bullet came out of, but that was it. But anyway, he's starting to, he's like yelling at this dude, like, you know, trained like you fight, induce stress, <laughs> sort of stuff like that. And I'm watching this kid and he was maybe 21 years old. And it's weird that I can call a 21 year old kid now, but whatever. <laughs> um, I'm watching this kid and he's like falling apart and I can, I can, you know, see this guy starting to hate this thing that might save his life one day, you know, and I'm just like watching this happen. And I'm like, geez, this is not, I, I mean, it wasn't my class. So it's not like I'm going to, you know, but I'm like pulling this guy aside, like during breaks and stuff like that and trying to give him some tips, you know, and, but, but just like, it it really sort of reinforced for me, like the concept of like, where do we spend our time and how do we approach it? And, you know, what are the things to focus on and how we focus on them? Right. I Um, mean, to me, some part of my job when I teach new, new shooters is not to get it into that kind of we, we can worry about that stuff in a bit, but that's not where you get into it. Like, 
you know, I'll do like a women's only course and, and some of them have never held guns and I have to make it, you have to think about maybe not just the shooting, but them carrying this on and training. Yeah. So don't make it a miserable fucking experience for them, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing about that, um, and I'll, I'll give you this question and you can think about it on the break. Um, but how, how do I want to word this? I want to make sure I word this the right way. Cause this is kind of, I think that the other thing too, whenever we look at like dogmatic approaches to anything, like anything, dog, like don't ever do this. And, and with safety stuff, sure. Like I'm on board with that 100%. But do you think that, and I'll get your answer after the break, but, but do you think that a really good coach or instructor needs to be able to put themselves in the shoes of the person that's in front of them right now, as they are today, not who you imagine they could be, not where you want to get them to, but like, where is this person right now? Um, so if you want to, if you want to think about that, and then, then I'd love to hear your answer right now. We're talking with Jared Reston. You're listening to ballistic radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tex Ordnance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at bigtexordnance.com. This segment also brought to you by Big Tex Ordnance. Big Tex Ordnance is the best place for you to find all of your everyday carrying needs at the absolute best prices. Maybe need all the candela from Modlight at the lowest price? No problem. Did you spend too much time alone in your room and, well, now you need an optic on your pistol? Hey, Big Tex Ordnance has those, and they don't judge much. Glock accessories, yes, fast, cheap shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. Everyone loves when I mess up the ad. And best of all, Big Tex Ordnance has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike. Everybody likes Ike, and you'll like Ike, too. Visit BigTexOrdinance.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend, not just an order. Um, so we're talking with Jared Rest, and I asked you the question uh, during the last segment. Essentially, you know, as an instructor, do you need to be able to look at the person that's in front of you and like actually see them? Oh, of course you do, man. That, that's what makes you an instructor. Like if you can only teach and say the same things, you know what I mean? Like I want to be able to take a brand new shooter or a high level shooter. It's what you say and what you fix at one point in time. I can't give these guys like little nuances to this when they barely know how to do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get them to this. And like, that's like, and that's part of being an instructor of like running your line. Cause they might be standing, a new shooter might be standing next to a great shooter, but he might not be a good instructor. So he's trying to tell them all these little new, I'm like, Hey man, you need to shut up. Or you yeah. need to move. You yeah. know what I mean? Because they're here to learn from me. And it's not that they're giving them any different. They're just overloading that person. And right. they don't get that. It's not I'm trying to be a dick and what they're saying is wrong. Because typically it's right. But that person you just overloaded. And now it, they're not going to get with. You know what I mean? We're there for performance. Like yeah. getting this person better. Giving this person an experience that's good. Not that. I'm terrible at this. 
this sucks because I mean, every instructor is an ambassador for the second amendment. You know what I mean? Like that's what we're out there to do to teach guns, to have fun with them safely and be more protective and being able to do it. And if you sit there and you yell at people and they hate, now they hate guns. And I mean, are you really an ambassador for the second amendment? Are you really trying to teach people that, you know, that everybody needs a firearm for their protection? No, you're just being a dick. Cause you, you're, you got an ego that you think that you're cooler than somebody. And it's, it's just terrible. Well, and, and luckily most of the, uh, <laughs> most of the people I'm friends with, uh, and like to spend time with know that they're not cooler than anybody else because they have had so many uh, run-ins with failure that at a certain point your ego is just like yeah okay that happened moving on and, yeah but you're you're hanging out with people who train I'm talking about like your security oh, yeah. guard your security guard instructor who teaches these these guys and like screaming like what what are you doing bro like are you tr- are you really helping them yeah. no like you're making them hate these things and there's people out there that like you know that do this stuff. It's just, it's ridiculous. Well, and And there's a time and a place for it. I get stress shooting. I get it, but let's be able to shoot before we do stress. You know what I mean? When I think that, you know, essentially, I mean, if we want to even talk about like stress and like trying to induce stress with people, really what we're trying to do is induce task overload. Right. Yes. And being able to, tailor that specifically to the level of the person that's in front of you. Um, you know, what I would have to do to task overload, you know, Joe blow off the street versus what I would have to do if for some weird reason you showed up to one of my classes. Um, like you're right, man. Just drawing the gun is task overload for a lot of people. Yeah. Shooters. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to teach them to be an, like, let's just get it out. Like, let's just get it out properly. Yeah, well, exactly. And it's like for someone like you and the experience you've had, like, am I going to be able to task overload Jared Reston? Maybe, but I seriously doubt it. And probably not on a square range, you know, with, you know, puffy white clouds and, you know, yeah. uh, an uh, uh, impossibly blue sky, you know? So, and I think part of the problem too, well, I don't know. I want to, I, I want to hear what you have to say about it, but I wonder if I don't, I don't know if this is like a byproduct of how our community communicates online, or if this is just a byproduct of the society that we live in now, but, but nuance and subtlety strikes me as being horribly out of fashion. You know, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because I mean they're writing SOPs, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. want it like standard, so they can just say it. And like, I mean, I hate putting like how Chuck was saying, like putting stuff online because when I when I'm talking to you face to face, you get it. When I, you know, just like with text, you know what I mean? There is there you can you can lose it, the yeah. meaning of it, and so you just don't do it. And some. For me, I have rules, right? But rules are made to be broke. And if you can break them within the parameters that I give you and you know why you're breaking them, then it's okay. Right? Yeah. Like that's that's my my whole thing is I'm gonna give you the groundwork to get to get it up and just little nuances that may work for you and may not. 
Well, and a, a buddy of mine that, um, an acquaintance of mine, I don't, I talk to him a couple times a year, right? But he, um, he does, he spends a lot of time actively pointing guns at people and shooting them pretty regularly um, for the government. Okay. And he, uh, he said something once, and, you know, I wasn't original to him, but for whatever reason, I remembered him saying it. And it was, uh, you know, you got to be able to think inside the box before you can think outside the box was, essen- was yeah. essentially it. And that's, that's kind of what we're talking about a little bit. Yeah, You got to know the rule book before you can start breaking the rules. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and the other thing too, and the thing that I have been sort of <clears throat> thinking about as a concept, and I, I'd sort of want to get your answer to it but do you think we uh, again the royal we the community we um spend too much time focusing on people succeeding the wrong way and what i mean by that or or maybe let me flip that around like we're only cool if people succeed the right way the way that you know fits into our idea and if someone succeeds the wrong way well that's wrong because they did it wrong and it's like well but again the whole is where they wanted it to go so like what is our measure of success here right i mean i don't i mean that's just my you know my karate is better than your kung fu or whatever you know what i mean like that's just you're gonna have people doing different things different ways just kind of be good at doing it your way. And if it's working for you and that's, what's working, I mean, I get maybe trying something else, but if it doesn't benefit you, then don't, then you've got to kick that out. Like that's, that's the whole things, you know, I don't know, man. Like it's, it just gets, if they're doing it right and they're doing it fast and the recoil's not going in and they can do it under command or on command, you know, Hey, good at you. You know, that, that's my thing is I don't have too much of an ego on you do it my way or you do it their way. This is what I do. And I've, I, man, if you took a class from me back in 2013, I probably teach things differently than I do now. Well, yeah, I you would know? hope so. Like the last time we talked, like, you know what I mean? I'm always trying to give what works, you know what I mean? And what's, what's better. Like too many people are stuck in what they've done and then they're, they're just done with it. And they don't, like, I always talk about like this kind of a little bit on the subject in my class. Like I talk about like taking like a, a, a new shooter will take like a, an NRA class or like go to basic law enforcement and, and they hit, you know, the rules really hard and they do it. And like, I attribute that to, to uh driver's ed, right? Everybody sure. needs to go to driver's ed. Everybody needs to know the rules of the road. Everybody needs to know exactly what to do and how to be safe 10 and two and do all this. Right. But then once you start, you're good at that. And then you want to start learning how to race cars or, you know, do something else. And performance wise, do you go to the guy who's been teaching driver's ed for 25 years? He's the best driver's ed teacher in America. But is that who you want to go to, to teach you how to race cars? No, because he's going to tell you how stupid things are. He's going to tell you. So then you go to a different person, to a race car driver, who's not teaching you anything dangerous. He's just teaching you where to round the edges. And too many people are stuck in driver's ed that, well, this guy said this and because that was like their first experience with it. Yeah. And then they've repeated that. 
And once they repeat it, that becomes their own and they're going to dig their heels in, you know, and just be like, well, you're wrong, bro. Like, cool. Stay at 10 and two, get your ass over in the right lane. Cause I'm gonna blow by your ass because well, I want to be a race car driver. Well, <laughs> the, the thing about that. And, um, I kind of, I've said this a couple different times to a couple different people, but um, it's, man, maybe I'm just getting old and I'm like just repeating myself over and over again, but it strikes me that a lot of the people, especially a lot of the people that participate in the kind of thing that we're talking about, um, you know, the, the driver's ed teacher, essentially that's looking at race car drivers going, what the fuck? Um, they don't have an actual opinion. They have essentially a talking point that they heard from someone they liked at some point and they've confused that as their opinion when in reality they haven't actually done anything to have an opinion about the topic does that right does that kind of makes it makes perfect sense and then and once you once they've said it a couple times it becomes their opinion you know what i mean and they'll, they'll 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 fight you over it yeah yeah exactly um here we got to go to break uh then we'll they'll we'll finish this out uh right now we're talking with jared reston you're listening to ballistic radio welcome back to ballistic radio brought to you by big tech's ordinance where every customer is a friend not just an order visit them online at big um so we're talking with jared reston and the, the last couple episodes I've done have essentially been me uh, talking with people smarter than me, and we both sort of start yelling at clouds. I don't feel like we're quite there yet, but I'm I'm hoping we can yell at some clouds. Maybe this segment, I don't, I don't know. Um, how important do you think context is, as far as the things that we say to? new shooters or whatever, specifically when we're talking about stuff like this, because, you know, the example that you just used was, I thought, brilliant as far as the difference between like, you know, a driving instructor that's mainly dealing with, you know, snotty 16 year olds at high school um, versus, you know, a race car driver that's getting enthusiasts showing up. The, the context of, of what those people are trying to do is significantly different. Now, the the issue that I see in what you know we're talking about is you know yeah I might be teaching people stuff that is good for gun games or or whatever but at the end of the day you know guns for me are a way to make sure I don't die like that is that is my underlying context like hey no one gets to kill me and I don't kill anyone on accident uh, is kind of like the underpinnings of everything so like in that sense, the context is the same for everyone. But in the other sense, the context of a guy that is going out and serving warrants, you know, six nights a week, uh, you know, five, six warrants a night versus, uh, you know, a mom with three kids that just doesn't want someone to kill her or kids. Like the context can be a little different there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um and that, like, especially like in a CQB world, when I teach CQB, you got to watch what you say, because they're going to pick something that you say and pick some little thing out of it 
And then that digs in and that's what they heard. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, that's not what I've said or meant. But so like, literally like, that's what like good instructors will learn. And they learn through experience and trial and error. They've said something and someone's like, that's not what I meant. Shit. I need to change kind of how I say that. You know what I mean? So yeah, context is a huge deal because you know, what are people there to learn and what are they there to do? And they're going to, take little things out of context is pretty much the the key there and then and run with it which we we can't do well so well and let, that, let me go ahead uh, that's like kind of knowing your audience and what you're teaching and where you're going at right so and i guess the um you know i think i think that's an important point that you brought up which is essentially being deliberate in your communication. Um, and honestly, you know, of, of everyone that I've been around, I think Craig Douglas is probably one of the masters at that. I don't, I haven't seen everyone, so I don't know if he's the best at it, but, but when I think of deliberate is specifically with communication in instruction, um, he, he springs to the top of my mind. And I feel like, when when a lot of these discussions occur specifically online that sort of goes sideways and and again going back to you know what what Pressburg said in regards to you know checkers chess blah 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 is you know someone like you is being deliberate in what you're saying other people aren't necessarily, or maybe they think they are, but they're not really, or they're, they're not, they're reading a lot into like what you're not saying and like imagining that you're saying it. And and do you think that that's a problem, you know, inside of the community, I guess, when these discussions occur, but also for people that are maybe interested in being instructors um, when they miscommunicate things to students? Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, but I mean, that's just, that's the world, bro. Everybody miscommunicates. That's, well, I, I thought, I didn't think that's what you said. Like, I mean, like that's, that's in the accounting world. That's in any, any sort of world. So you just got to do your best at doing it and just don't stay like, you know, understand that it happens and it's going to happen just back. That's not what I said. You know, there, I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of crazy shit being said that I, I supposedly have said before, but that's not what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if. Because a lot of times people aren't even at the level where I think they're at and I'm talking about these little things. And there's, you know what I mean? I'm talking chemistry when these people are still in earth space science, you know, they don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but they they'll, they'll shake their head. And I think they do, you know? Right. So that's just how it works. And that's my fault for talking like that, I guess. Well, <laughs> not for not, for not reading the room. Right. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. Um, that's an interesting thing too. Right. Cause this is something that I would imagine everyone struggles with. You don't want to condescend to people. You don't want to patronize people. You don't want to assume anyone. Um, you know, I'm going to use the word dumb, but it's not dumb to not know something if you haven't been taught it before. But um, you know, sometimes people just, don't know stuff that you know you think they do know um and 
where is the where is the line uh, as an instructor between you want to give people you want to set people up for success. You don't want to withhold information from people that might be useful to them, but you also don't want to like, you know, show them a physics book when they're still doing two plus two. And then they're like, wow, you know, so like, where's the line as an instructor between setting people up for success and just giving them like basic building blocks because like if you only give them basic building blocks you can shortcut their potential but if you give them too much you can mess them up too so like how do you navigate that so there's not a line right that's a fuzzy world you know right and that's what walking the line as an instructor does or having experienced ais with you that i might we went we'll go over that that basic that you know, that part of instruction, when we start shooting, you'll see me walking the line, talking to people. Sure. So I might start giving them some black belt tactics or get like, and I'm not saying them loud. And and then if I see it enough walking the line before we move to the next, I will address that to the entire group. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the deal. If, if, If a lot of, if I see like more than five, or need the same, a little bit of instruction, then I'll put it out to the group. Okay. But if people aren't there yet, then they're, I don't want to overload them, but I can come up individually and tell you, Hey man, try this. Hey, do this, do this. And like, me- that's, that's the part of you're you're not done instructing. Once you walk behind the line, you're not just a safety guy at that point, you still got to watch what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. And this is, kind of an oddball question and I, I've kind of had this conversation with Gabe White at least like personally but I don't think I've ever asked anyone on the show but I'll ask you because you're here um if you had so let's imagine just a shooting class we're going to get better at shooting okay. if you had a perfect world where everyone that showed up was solid you knew they were solid um and you wanted to get into stuff that you don't usually get into is there one like area of shooting that man it'd be cool if we could get into this but most people aren't there so i leave it out of class but like this is the perfect best case scenario class so we're going to talk about it today and if so what would that be and i know what gabe's answer was um and, but mine's I'm, barricades I'm... and vehicles okay so just do you, do you want to build on that at all? Is it shooting like a, around them, moving around them, shooting under them and like non-traditional shooting stances and you know what I mean? And things yeah. that you might, things that you would find yourself in, not necessarily get yourself into. <laughs> right. It's like, oh no, I've yeah. fallen down and yes, I need to shoot now. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I could understand, uh, knowing a little bit about you, why that would be something that would stick out in your mind. Um, you know, because, and I, I think this is maybe something that is not discussed enough, but sometimes we end up places that, yeah, no, I, I didn't want to fucking be here at all, but here's where I is. Yeah. And, and do you think that people, um, when they imagine 
this sort of stuff do a bad job of understanding that the world gets to say too, and sometimes it doesn't go our way? Well, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, people, but again, a lot of that stuff can't be trained with certain levels on a, on a range or, you know, like, let's just say I come in and I'm, I'm teaching a SWAT team. I know what I can teach a SWAT team because there's not inexperienced shooters there. Yeah. There might be less experienced shooters there, but they're not going to be like, this is my first time on the range. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so like we do get into different things and talk about different things and like shooting around vehicles and, and like hide over bore, people think a lot of that stuff as just like, well, I need to hold high so I can put the bullet into the head. That's right. But now I'm shooting through barricades or shooting through like a loophole, which might be a window of a vehicle or through the V of a vehicle, but I'm back far. It's now seeing the whole purpose of that bullet's path and what it's going to hit and what it's going to do. Right. And understanding those things. Cause you know, shooting people is just solving problems. Right. And if I can't shoot, and the answer is to shoot that person, then I'm not solving that problem. Um, I have a strong suspicion that might end up being the, uh, the quote for the show. At least I hope it is. But um, <laughs> the, we're coming up on the, <clears throat> the end of everything. Uh, I guess I want to get one more thought, and then, I'm, then I'm, I want you to be able to plug whatever you'd like to plug. The, if you could leave anyone listening to this with like one final thought concept bit of advice you know winning a lot of whatever you want dude like if you could just imagine everyone in the world was going to hear this um you know what what would you want to get people thinking about or say to them or uh whatever you want i'd like to say that not all shootings are scary so don't put that into your training and think that's always going to be because it's not always about saving your own life. It could be about saving someone else's life and it's scary for that person, but you just have to make the shot. So it's not always stress. It's not life or death for you always. So work on the skills to be able to save somebody or do something. Stop thinking about yourself and now think about, I carry this gun to save others. And it just changes your aspect a little bit. Well, and that's kind of, you know, we were at the end of the show, but it's my show. So we can go, we can go a couple minutes longer. Cause I actually think that that is um, something worth talking about real quick. I don't, I don't want to leave this unexplored. Um, we can do other shows, John. We can, we can, <laughs> but I also have horrible ADHD and while medication does help, it only does so much. Um, the, the idea that you know, a shooting is scary or, I mean, a shooting is emotionally traumatic or a shooting is stressful. I'm not saying it's not for all people or some people or or whatever, but do you think that there are instances where it's none of those things and it's just essentially a math problem that you know the answer to ahead of time? Oh, for sure. For absolutely, I mean, like the the best one I like to think about is it's on video in Texas, and it's these guys in a, a they're like in a trailer park and it was a, or on land or whatever, 
and there's a policeman behind his car in a firefight with a dude and they're shooting back and forth. And the guy just comes out from like 110 yards away from another trailer working on his truck, grabs his, his 357 and, and shoots the suspect because he had the angle on him. One yeah. scary for him once, but he had the skills to make that shot and save that officer or not save the officer, but end the, end that deadly encounter. Sure. So, I mean, was it scary for him? No. I and mean, was it, it, was it a high stress problem? Yes. But he handled the stress and he just, and he did it because he had the skill to do it. Like, and that was his thing. Like when they interviewed him, his thing was like, I was just worried about did the bullet have enough ass on it when it got there to really put him down. You know what I mean? He's like, I yeah. knew I could do the shot. That was nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, and I guess what I question is if sometimes as a training industry, we set people up so that they're messed up after they get into a shooting. And if that's something that we need to think about more, do, do you know what I'm kind of saying? What do you mean messed up? I don't it, like emotionally. Like, like we, we, we pre-program them to think that they're going to feel bad and they're going to, yeah. Like it's going to be the end of the war. Like they need to, they're, they're going to have PTSD just from shooting somebody. Sure. Yeah. I think so. I think sometimes we set it up to be scarier than it's supposed to be or, you know, or my thing is, is like, I've never felt bad about the people I've shot. I feel worse about the dogs I've killed in the line of duty than I ever have any of the people. Cause they made the choice. They chose to get shot. I was just the instrument in shooting them. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the deal with it. I don't feel bad about it. And it, does that make me better or worse than anybody else? I don't know, but that's just the type of person I am. And like, my thing is, is look, I don't want you to feel bad. I would love for you to feel like how I feel, but if you do feel bad, go get help, man. Like just, and because you're, you are a kind soul, you know what I mean? Like not all, I think I was a born protector and a, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it takes all kinds. I wish that more people were, were kind souls, but I'm here to protect you. I'm here to protect the kind soul. So hopefully they don't have to get into it, but they might get into it. Yeah, man. Um, okay. Now we can, we can finish the show up because uh, <laughs> otherwise we'll be here all, all morning. Um, if people want to come train with you or, uh, you know, check out what you have to say or, or anything at all, where can they find you out? Where can, where can they find your class schedule? So uh, the class and- schedule and everything else is on my website at restinggrouptraining.com. Um, all like social media, Facebook, uh, and Instagram is, is, is resting group. Check it out. Um, give us a follow, give us a like, and that'd be cool. Dude. I appreciate it so much. Um, thank you for coming on the show way back when, when, uh, I was dumber than I am now. Not that I'm not still. Um, and, uh, I really appreciate you making time. I know, I know that, uh, you had to rearrange your schedule a little bit to come talk to us it really means a lot to me seriously so thank you hey no problem thanks for having me on bro yeah no worries hey guys make sure you check out our website ballisticradio.com like our facebook page at facebook.com slash ballisticradio and hey if you think we deserve it keep leaving those five-star reviews on itunes it really helps us out thanks for listening everyone as always be safe see you next week